Hello, health investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. As you know, I do a Q&A style episode every so often. This is the third of its type, and if you want to listen to the first two, you can simply visit thehealthinvestment.com slash QA1 and thehealthinvestment.com slash QA2. I'm always overwhelmed in a great way by the outpouring of questions you send in. For that reason, I'm never able to answer all of your questions in a single episode, but please keep them coming. I promise I'll get to all of them eventually. To ask a question, you can just DM me on Instagram at The Health Investment, or you can email me, brooke at thehealthinvestment.com. In today's episode, I'm going to answer the following questions. What do you do after quote-unquote blowing it on the weekend? Is oatmeal good for you? How can you satisfy your sweet tooth after dinner? And do you have to eat breakfast? First, I want to share an Apple podcast review with you. Clarice Gomez rated the Health Investment Podcast five stars and wrote, Awesome podcast. Brooke, host of the Health Investment Podcast, highlights all aspects of nutrition and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone who listens. Thanks so, so much, Clarice, for that amazing review. I'm honored that you called it a can't-miss podcast, and I'm so grateful that you took the time out to type your feedback. If you have enjoyed what you've heard so far, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can just visit thehealthinvestment.com review to rate the show. Thank you in advance for doing so. I really, really appreciate it. All right, let's get to your questions. Hi. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Question number one. What do you do after blowing it on the weekend? So I want to start off answering this question by addressing the language blowing it. I used to come from this mindset and I used to think that nutrition was really all or nothing. I'd eat quote unquote healthy Monday through Friday and then my weekends were just a free pass to cheat and eat whatever I wanted. But this was a vicious cycle and probably not surprising to you, it didn't work. I was still always 15 to 20 pounds overweight and I lived on the weight loss, weight gain roller coaster. Anytime I'd lose five pounds, I'd gain them back. Or I'd lose 10 pounds and gain those back. It was rough. Then, years later, after doing a lot of research, 
enrolling in the Institute of Transformational Nutrition and taking courses through that, and listening to hundreds, literally hundreds, of health and wellness podcasts like this one, I finally figured out how to lose weight and keep it off forever. Yes, nutrition choices matter, as do choices you make about sleep, managing your stress, and how you move or exercise. But I truly say the single most important shift you can make is a shift to your mindset. The sooner you stop thinking in black and white terms, the sooner you stop viewing your weekends as a chance to go all in on cheat meals, the sooner you'll be able to sustain a healthy diet and lifestyle long term. What does that even mean? Well, here's an example. Past me would have had pancakes for breakfast on a Saturday morning and then just gone off the rails completely from there. In my mind, starting the day, or the weekend in that case, with one quote-unquote bad meal was enough to ruin that entire day or the entire weekend. Now, if I have pancakes for breakfast, I eat them, enjoy them, and usually crave some type of protein and vegetable combination for lunch. I'm much more in touch now with how different foods make my body feel. And chances are the pancakes aren't going to make me feel awesome. So again, I just enjoy them, but I move on, and I end up eating things that I crave that make me feel amazing. And I don't wait until Monday to eat those things. We got to get rid of the whole diet starts Monday mentality and you eat pancakes and then for lunch you have some vegetables, you have some chicken or whatever type of protein. You eat the things that make you feel amazing. Maybe for dinner you do the same, maybe you don't. But instead of viewing an entire weekend as a chance to kind of go all in, like I said, on the cheat meal or to really blow it, to blow your diet, to ruin everything, you just want to take it one meal at a time. And you don't want to just kind of let yourself go off the rails. So to get back to the question at hand, what do I do after blowing it onto the weekend? I'd honestly say I don't do anything because I don't see any weekend anymore as a complete wash. Even if I eat a lot of things on the weekend that could classify blowing it, I don't do anything drastic on Monday. I just get back to eating the things that make me feel amazing. I also usually fast for around 14 to 16 hours because intermittent fasting really works for me. And I drink tons of water. Maybe I'll go for a walk to get some sunshine and fresh air. Or maybe I'll do some type of sweat-inducing workout as well because that always makes me feel awesome. But the most important point I'm trying to make is that you can get out of the mindset of quote-unquote blowing it and find more balance. And once you do, it is so, so freeing. Question number two, is oatmeal good for you? So I'll start by saying oats are among the healthiest grains on earth. They are a gluten-free whole grain and a source of important vitamins, minerals, fiber, and antioxidants. I personally feel great when I eat oatmeal, and I usually eat it once, maybe twice a week. But different people have different reactions to foods, as we know. Some people feel really amazing when eating whole grains, and others don't. So, is oatmeal good for you? I honestly don't know. 
It definitely could be, but I think it's something you have to explore for yourself. You've got to get really in touch with how you feel after eating oats and really how you feel after eating everything to see how your body reacts. One point I'd make, though, is that not all oats are created equal. There are those Quaker cardboard containers, kind of like silos, you know, the ones I'm talking about, of whole oats. And then there are the packets of flavored oats. Opt for whole oats that you flavor yourself with something like nut butter or berries. If you're flavoring your oatmeal with tons of brown sugar or honey, you could be verging into the not as healthy zone because at that point, it's just becoming a bowl of sugar. So just be aware of that, that you want to opt for steel cut oats or old fashioned oats, something you make yourself and then you flavor yourself. But again, be cautious of the amount of sugar you're adding to your bowl of oats. Also, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. So adding some protein powder to your oats can boost their nutritional value and help keep you full longer. So that could be something really interesting to try. I like to make overnight oats by combining a half cup old-fashioned oats, three-fourths cup liquid, so water, maybe cashew milk, maybe real milk, one scoop of protein powder, one teaspoon of chia seeds, and a fourth teaspoon of ground cinnamon. I just combine all those things, mix them up, maybe in a jar or some type of Tupperware, and then I leave the mixture in the fridge overnight and they're ready the next day. So then when I go to eat them the next day, I add some berries and nut butter. So when I do this, they're not only delicious, but they're also nutritious, and like I said, they make me feel really, really good. So maybe you wanna try that recipe out yourself. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. ThriveMarket is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef, to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Question number three. How can you satisfy your sweet tooth after dinner? All right, so the first thing I want to say about this is that you probably have a sweet tooth after dinner because you've gotten into the habit of eating something sweet after dinner. This doesn't have to be the case. You're not just born with a sweet tooth after dinner. It's a habit you've created, and habits can be broken. If your body is used to eating a scoop of ice cream after dinner, this is not permanently wired into your body to need that. Your body's just gotten used to it, again, because that's your habit. I'd challenge you not to just accept that you have a post-dinner sweet tooth and to really try to rewire that habit. One way to do this is to reframe dessert as just anything that brings you joy, but this could be non-food related. 
So maybe your after-dinner dessert is your favorite TV show, or a leisurely walk, or a hot bath, or maybe it's a phone date with a long-distance friend. Anything that brings you joy could be your after-dinner dessert. In the event that you do still want something sweet after dinner, maybe try a bowl of berries topped with heavy cream that you've whipped up yourself and a little sprinkle of ground cinnamon. Or try slicing up an apple or a peach and topping that with ground cinnamon. Ground cinnamon, you're noticing a common theme here. It can, it's very sweet tasting, but without being filled with sugar. So I love using ground cinnamon. It's also very healthy for you. It's a great spice. Um, so I use that as much as possible when I'm looking to eat something sweet. You could also try a couple squares of 85% cacao dark chocolate. For me, that's not a great option because I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine, so that would keep me up at night. But if you're not as sensitive to caffeine, that could be something that's really great for you. Or you could try a flavored seltzer water like a Spindrift or a LaCroix. Or I even like to put a drop of these maple digestive bitters that I'll link in the show notes. I like to put a little squeeze of those into an unflavored seltzer water. And it's really delicious because there's a hint of sweetness And they're also digestive bitters, so they help you to digest whatever you ate for dinner. And it's just a really nice, refreshing treat after dinner um, without being, you know, like a bowl of ice cream or a candy or something like that. So the bottom line for this one is that it's 100% possible to retrain your brain and even rewire your cravings. So I would encourage you to try that and see how it goes for you. Finally, question number four. Do you have to eat breakfast? So I'm assuming this person does not like eating breakfast or is entertaining the idea of skipping breakfast. So I have good news for you. The answer is no, you do not. Some people really love eating first thing when they wake up and they do really well losing weight and sustaining that weight loss, eating breakfast, and they don't want to part with that meal. And everybody's different. So if breakfast works for you, stick with it. Awesome. You're doing great. But the line breakfast is the most important meal of the day was actually invented in the 19th century by Seventh-day Adventists James Caleb Jackson and John Harvey Kellogg from Kellogg's Breakfast Cereal to sell their newly invented cereal. So they invented this as a marketing ploy And if you've always been taught that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and you think you have to eat it, that may not be the case for you. I myself am not a quote unquote breakfast person. I feel really, really great when I have black coffee in the morning and then I wait a few hours to consume my first meal. I've been doing this for years. I love it. It's sustainable for me. Maybe it's something you want to try yourself. Some call this intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding. Essentially, you give your body a break from digesting when you're sleeping at night, and then by pushing back your first meal a little bit longer in the morning, you give your body that extra break from digestion, Um, so that can work really well for some people, like myself. Research suggests that sticking to some form of intermittent fasting practice may help with weight loss insulin sensitivity, cognition, gut health, longevity, regulating your circadian rhythm, 
and more. There's a lot of emerging research on this practice of intermittent fasting. If you're curious about this and you want to learn more, you can check out two of my previous podcast episodes. The first one is at thehealthinvestment.com fasting. And in that episode, I break down more of the research behind the practice and explain my own habit in greater detail. And then the second one you can find at thehealthinvestment.com slash fasting two, like the number two. And in that episode, I chat with Dr. Cecily Ganhart, who goes by the fasting doctor on Instagram. She offers such a pragmatic approach to the practice, and I just love everything she had to say and think you will too if you're really interested in this. All right, that wraps up our third Q&A episode. Remember, you can always reach out to me with your nutrition and health questions via email, brooke at thehealthinvestment.com or on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. I look forward to answering your questions in a future episode. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.